Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Kia ora, I'm Nadine Higgins for Eyewitness. The 1980s will be remembered for many things. Big hair, shoulder pads, MC Hammer pants. But also the biggest destruction of wealth investors had ever seen. In 1987, Michael Douglas as Gordon Gecko in the film Wall Street uttered that famous line, that greed is good, greed is right, and greed works. But that same year, investors around the world learned what a fallacy that was. The 19th of October 1987 was Black Monday. Wall Street recorded its biggest ever one-day fall, wiping $500 billion off the value of stocks. Panic said panic. Fear swept the New York Stock Exchange and every other American exchange. And when it was all over, bruised brokers surveyed the wreckage. TVNZ's John Hudson was also surveying the wreckage, but here in New Zealand, where it was Tuesday, but no less black. Auckland followed the other major world markets this morning. Investors bailed out, putting the chalkies in high gear and the market in free fall. Panic selling in the wake of the Wall Street crash wiped more than $4 billion off the market value in less than an hour. By the end of the day, the whole market was down 22%, the biggest fall ever recorded. While some thought that meant there were bargains to be had the next day, it was in fact just the beginning. The slide continued long after international markets recovered and would eventually wipe out half the market's value and lead to 181 companies pulling out of the market, many of them going broke. I mean, the financial crisis, in my view, was a cakewalk compared to the 87 crash. This is Tony Gibbs, a businessman through both the GFC of 2008 and the share market crash of 1987. Let's assume I had 10 friends. I would say two of them went penniless broke. Another five, of which I was would have been one of the five, we all lost money. And the remainder would have escaped. We'll hear more from Tony later. The origins of the 87 crash begin several years earlier. Rogenomics and deregulation implemented by the new Labour government helped create a share market boom. One year, the local market rose 99%. Another year, it was up 116%. Mercedes were flying off the lot. Moet was being quaffed at long lunches. The going was very, very good. Veteran investment analyst Brian Gaynor was a broker at the time and says everyone wanted a piece of the action. The custom officers, when you came into Auckland International Airport, they'd always ask you, I'm not letting you through till you give me a tip. What's, what's the tip for next week or the week after? The airline pilots from Air New Zealand who used to ring from Los Angeles Airport as soon as they arrived there to find out what had happened over the last 12 hours when they were flying across the Pacific. There was one or two uh, boys who used to ring up from the uh, schoolyard at Wellington College wanting to know what had happened in the share market and whether they should be selling shares or what shares they should be buying for the afternoon. John Douglas was a 37-year-old teacher and a father of five small children in 1987. In Belclutha, where he lived, dinner party conversations were full of talk of share market wins, and he remembers everyone dabbling in the markets. Things like share clubs um, were very popular. 
there was quite a lot of hype around it. I mean, I remember some people sort of going off for very lavish weekends because the share club was doing particularly well, so they'd go and spend the weekend doing some exotic sort of thing, or it seemed to us anyway. The hype meant some rather questionable companies were able to list on the share market because investors were desperate to buy. One was a company called Judge Corp. Now, that was run by an individual called Bruce Judge, and it effectively raised over $100 million without any idea what it was going to do. It was going to be just an investment company. So there was a whole pile of companies like that. I mean, there was a company that called Carex, which was going to extract curry gum from the curry forest up in Carry Carry in Northland. I don't believe they ever even took an ounce of curry out of any of the trees up there. There was ice skating rinks in Christchurch that was floated. Um, there was one individual who actually put his share portfolio into a company and listed it on the share market. The money people were making off the share market made the businessmen of the time like rock stars. It's hard to describe now how a whole country can be so excited about businessmen, but they were at the time. For example, Briley Investments had over 200,000 shareholders, and the annual meeting, there'd be 1,500 people there. The meeting started at 3 o'clock, and at 11, 11.30 that night, there'd still be four or 500 people in the Michael Fowler Centre in Wellington drinking wine and queuing up to talk to Ron Briley. Literally queues of people just wanting to have a word with Ron Briley. But things got too crazy for Brian Gaynor, and he quit stockbroking in January of 1987. I was finding it too difficult. I was finding it difficult because people were ringing up all the time wanting to buy shares. I didn't feel comfortable with the share market at the time. I felt that the whole thing had got completely out of hand, and I guess my easiest way was to deal with it was to resign. Now, I'm not saying that I absolutely predicted that the, the share market was going to crash like it did in October of that year, but certainly it was totally and utterly unrealistic what was happening. Uh, people weren't thinking rationally. And no matter what you said to them, you know, I remember a particular instance where I advised an elderly gentleman to sell shares in two companies. And that was a bit too early because these both these companies performed very well for about 12 months afterwards. They then both collapsed and were worth nothing. And he, he got indignant with me because... I did tell him to sell out too early, but I think if, he, he'd have, if he'd have kept the shares, he probably would have lost all his money. Monday the 19th of October 1987, Black Monday. Bad economic data bursts the Wall Street bubble and it crashes spectacularly. New Zealand wakes up to the news on Tuesday and Tony Gibbs remembers it clearly. You went to bed with the company theoretically worth a dollar and you woke up in the morning, it was worth 40 cents. It didn't get better the next day, nor the day after that, or that, and didn't get better really for several years. I think by, by Friday there was a lot of very worried people there. So you decided to hold. Did you eventually? Uh, for a short period. Of did time. you eventually have to take some serious losses? I didn't have to, but I knew it was the smart thing to do in the end. I took the losses. I had some debt too, a little bit of debt against shares, not a lot. But I sold down the stock and repaid the debt as soon as I could. John Douglas remembers a sense of bitterness among his share club friends that they were the last to know what was happening. It was the small people like us who were the ones that actually got damaged by the whole thing because we weren't in the know particularly. 
um, the time any information got to us, um, it was those people in the know would have either got in and got out or whatever. John ended up losing several hundred thousand dollars in the crash, but says he soon realised it was all just paper money. You were devastated um, to begin with, um, and then you started to realise that actually, in fact, it was only unrealised gains that you had actually lost. You, you might have had a portfolio of, let, let's say, $500,000, um, but you hadn't actually, you hadn't, hadn't spent that on it. If you hadn't mortgaged anything or you hadn't um, borrowed money, then life just carried on. But many people had borrowed money, lots of it. Banks were only too willing to lend when the market was booming, but all that changed when the market crashed. The banks and the financiers start ringing up wanting their money back. So that exacerbates the fall because people had no choice. And November and December were pretty bad months in New Zealand. Bad months were followed by bad years. In fact, things didn't really start to look up until the early 1990s. And 30 years on, the share market's key index is still 7% below where it was before the crash. And it's not the only thing to not fully recover. Tony Gibbs says despite three decades passing, many of the investors burned by the crash never invested again. There's a lot of people who really aren't market animals who had become market animals and they got burnt. I've still got friends today, my age, and I say to them, you got a portfolio? I was talking to one the other day, a very well-known businessman. He said, are you mad? I haven't had a share since the 87 crash and I don't want one. There's a lot of people like that out there. But KiwiSaver, new company listings, better regulation and a generation who simply don't remember the 87 crash have breathed new life into the market. Although some things haven't come full circle. Brian Gaynor hasn't had an invite to a share club in a long, long time. This episode of Eyewitness was produced by me, Nadine Higgins, and used archival audio from Natonga Sound and Vision and Te Ara. You can subscribe or listen to every Eyewitness podcast on iTunes, Spotify or on radionz.co.nz. Please give us a rating. When you do, more people get to hear about these great eyewitness stories. And if you have a story you think we should know about, email us at eyewitness at radionz.co.nz. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.